Welcome everybody to the Friday Night Inner Space Talk. Today's talk is The Do's and Don'ts of Managing Relationship Expectations. And um, let's face it, if we were to do a quick check in with ourselves, um, do we from time to time um, feel that others need to do things our way? Or um, how do we define a good relationship? Is a good relationship only possible if it's conflict-free? Or can we have a difference of opinion? Um, do we, from time to time, expect people to know what we're thinking? Those kind of expectations, they're usually the ones, and it doesn't matter what relationship it is. Um, it could be the significant other, our loved ones, friends, our colleagues, um, even people we commute with, yeah, you often see the same people when you commute at a certain day at a certain time on a regular basis. So those kind of expectations can actually lead to us feeling disappointed, frustrated, and then that boils over into relationships and harms our relationships. Having said that, expectations are important because they also help us set and define boundaries within our relationship. And so tonight we're asking our, our speaker to explore two things. Firstly, um, how do we manage our expectations in relationships? And two, is it possible to set and communicate realistic expectations? Our speaker is joining us from Tampa in Florida, Shireen Chadda. Shireen is an author, a facilitator. Um, she runs meditation retreats, workshops. She has a YouTube cooking and meditation channel, so two different channels. Um, and she also runs the meditation center in Tampa. How does somebody who has so much going on and still communicates with not just people in her neighborhood but internationally how does she manage those expectations and um, relationships Shireen over to you thank you thank you Arti it was so lovely it was even lovelier because it was delivered with a British accent so thank you very much um, <clears throat> today, I wanted us to, of course, talk about um, expectations, but in the chat itself, in the talk itself, we will not only cover um, expectations, but also some of the secrets in life. Well, why is it that we shouldn't be having expectations? Because I always feel if we are doing if you're supposed to be doing something, for example, let's say I'm supposed to lose weight and I keep eating unhealthy food. Um, and so what happens is the um, unhealthy food is, um, <clears throat> the unhealthy food is um, not good for me, but I continue to eat it. And the reason why I feel I continue to do things that are not good for me 
is because I am not understanding the benefits of doing it. I'm not understanding the benefits of um, why I need to lose expectations. And so one of the things that I first, before we get into this, one of the things I want us to talk about is expectations versus boundaries. Because I was looking at um, the flyer that went out and I was thinking about what it said about, you know, do we need to have boundaries? And yes, we all need to have boundaries. But um, expectation is something different than a boundary. Expectation is like I have a preconceived notion of an outcome of any situation or person, right? I, I have this, I have an anticipatory uh, feeling, okay, this anticipation that they will behave in a certain way, in a preconceived way. They will do that. And so that is there. And then we have um, the, um, <clears throat> and so, so, so expectation is something that will happen, it should happen, all of those things. And, um, and a boundary is like a limit of what we accept from other people, right? What we consider acceptable. And there is a distinct difference between an expectation and a boundary. Expectations are external, right? Usually they focus on behavior and actions of others and all of those things. While <clears throat> a boundary is something internal and they help us think about um, how we want, what we want in our lives, right? And it, they focus on our needs. So boundaries really focus on our needs while expectation is something, you know, what I want from someone else. And you could say that boundaries and expectations are interesting in that um, <clears throat> expectations help us to think about our boundaries and our boundaries inform also our expectations. And so we have to really be mindful where we are drawing a line. Am I having a boundary or am I having an expectation? And so one of the things I always feel about um, expectations is that, um, <clears throat> that we need to understand why is it that we shouldn't have this? So there are two reasons I feel, like two fundamental reasons that we shouldn't have expectations. And I feel that they're secrets. And the secret is that in the Brahma Kumaris, we say something, we have a saying, which, which, go, which goes like this. There is no nourishment like the nourishment of happiness. And I was, if you think about it, we are all born to live a life of happiness. That's what we are born to do. We are born to live a life of happiness. That is our original, it's our right to live a life of happiness. Of course, as long as it's not infringing on anyone's right and it's not causing sorrow to anyone else, it is our right to live a life of happiness. And, um, <clears throat> but the thing that we need to understand about happiness is, 
if my happiness is dependent on my expectations being met, then I will not, that happiness is not sustainable. Because what happens is if those expectations go bust, if someone, if you're anticipating someone to do something and they don't do it, what happens? Your happiness goes bust. So expectations go bust and your happiness goes bust. So that's the first secret to just remember I was born to be happy. I was born to find sustainable happiness, not happiness that is dependent on external situations, not happiness that is dependent on my expectations being met. And the second one, again, is an innate right of us, all of us human beings, and that is freedom. So for me, if you give me a choice between happiness and freedom, I would think pick freedom because freedom would give me happiness. So freedom is absolutely, absolutely essential. And so the freedom here is we need to understand that the only um, thing that I can control in any situation are my thoughts and myself. They're my thoughts and my expectations. That's the only thing I can manage and control. Everything else is beyond my control. And the other thing we need to remember about freedom is that when I transform, then the transformation of the self lies the transformation of others. If I don't transform and I'm sitting with my expectations, then I'm not able to transform others. And, um, <clears throat> and I feel that, you know, when people talk about, oh, I love them so much and that is why I have all of these expectations out of them, that really is not pure love. I don't want to get into cliches, but really that is not pure love. You know, when I don't know what is the brand in UK, but here there is a brand called Cool Whip. I'm not sure if you have it in the UK. Cool Whip acts like whipping cream, right? And it's barely food. I think it's plastic that just passes off as food. And everyone looks at Cool Whip and say, oh, that's whipping cream, that's whipping cream, right? It's not whipping cream, it's Cool Whip, which is plastic, which people eat it as food and think it is, um, it is whipping cream, but it's not. And so then you have whipping cream, the real thing, right? And in the real thing, so what we are doing here is we are looking at something which is barely food and saying, oh, that's real, that's the real thing, but it's not the real thing. And it's the same way with love. If our love is full of expectations, if our love is full of desires, if our love is full of ulterior motives, if our love is full of attachment, that really is not pure love. That is like Cool Whip, right? It's just passed off as love, but it's not love. Because pure love, right, has absolutely zero expectations. And why do I need pure love? First, 
the soul needs it. It's not a want. It's not like, oh, it'll be nice to have pure love. No, the soul, all of us, all of us human beings need pure love. And so if we have pure love, that is when I really experience freedom. That is why we need to have this because that is when I experience freedom. So there is pure love has a natural freedom in it. And um, really having no expectations from anyone is the ultimate state of freedom. And so no matter what happens, right, our aim, if we have an aim, I know all of you are very smart, very intelligent, very accomplished people, and you can do this, is if you have an aim, you will work towards that goal. So our aim should be, no matter whatever happens, that my goal in life is to slowly reduce my expectations. And when I do this, this is when I'm striving for true freedom. Freedom is not, oh, I can go eat whatever I want. I can go out whenever I want. No, that's not real freedom. This is the beginning of real freedom. Um, <clears throat> and so uh, those are the two secrets I really wanted us to understand why we need to let go of expectations. Because in the letting go of expectations lies my happiness, in the letting go of expectations lies my freedom. And in most importantly, in the letting go of expectations lies pure love, which I desperately need, which you desperately need. So first I'll talk about some do's and then I'll talk about some don'ts. One of the things I feel is the current world culture, it's a global culture, whether you live in the United States, whether you live in England, everyone is affected by this global culture, right? Like the pandemic, everyone is affected. There's no one in the world who's not affected by the pandemic. And so there is a pandemic that is going on in the psyche of human beings. And that is we are not seeing ourselves. We are busy watching TV. We are busy watching, you know, late night talk shows, whatever. We are busy watching YouTube. We are busy doing all of that, but we are not taking time to really see the self. And so that's the first do is to take time and see yourself, really see yourself. And then the second one is the question I have to ask myself is whenever I have an expectation, right? The question I need to ask myself is what am I really doing for myself? What am I really doing for myself? Because then if I'm doing something for myself, then I'm not expecting someone else to do it for me. So I need to see myself. I need to do something for myself. And the third do is um, to have a conversation with the self. So people think meditation is some mantra, some this, some that, but it's really actually 
sitting in a quiet place and it doesn't matter it doesn't have to be this fancy meditation room it can even be on your toilet seat right sitting in a quiet place and really talking to yourself and have a good conversation don't beat up on yourself don't you know uh, you know don't say nasty things to yourself just have a really good conversation with the self that's the third one and the fourth one which is very important is we have to go into the depth of what a powerful thought is because thoughts really powerful thoughts translates to healthy relationships because it really all starts with powerful thoughts and so an example of a powerful thought is to never lose trust in ourselves right no matter what the circumstances we should understand ourselves we should you know spend time with ourselves and we should no matter what the circumstances this is one very important thing no matter what the situation is we have to understand that your reaction to it depends on your thoughts your reaction to a situation depends on your thoughts and we have good news there and the good news is you can actually control your thoughts that's the only thing you can control actually nothing else is within your control so you can create powerful thoughts of faith and trust in yourself and to maintain good wishes for the self to really see yourself and love yourself all of these are powerful thoughts and the fifth one is people say this a lot but i feel that we when we get into expectations we don't do it as much and that is at every moment we are here to learn with every person we come into contact with we are here to learn and so life is here for us so we can learn at every moment and and it is i who have to learn not the other person not the other person oh look look they have to learn this no it is myself who has to learn i have to grow i have to transform i have to learn the responsibility is on us and so i have to look at the self i have to see the self and i have to learn and that's number 5 of dues and the next one is you could say like the mind is like a horse and and just like any animal no especially a horse a horse just goes galloping here galloping there people say no the mind is like a monkey but also the mind is like a horse it just keeps galloping everywhere everywhere and so we need to really look after it very well we need to take care of it and we have to feed it with love a diet of powerful thoughts and so if we don't feed it a diet of power, if we don't feed the mind a diet of powerful thoughts what happens is and if i don't respect it if i don't really you know pay attention to it then i am really opening myself for a lot of harm i'm opening myself for what i do is what we do is when we don't take care of our minds 
then we focus outside. And then when we focus outside, we want to fix people, then we want expectations from people, then we want to do all of those things. And the next one is you could say, um, you know, there is a saying by Lao Tse, and that saying is um, that to the mind that is still the whole universe surrenders. And so um, stillness, to incorporate really stillness into our life, because in stillness there is clarity in stillness, then I can see what are my boundaries and what are my expectations. In stillness, I can see when I am guilty of, you know, having too many expectations. I shouldn't use the word guilty, but when I err on the side of too many expectations, I can see that clearly. So stillness and that stillness really allows us to have a good life. It's so important, you know, stillness, periods of stillness, periods of talking to yourself, periods of seeing yourself. These are very, very important do's because they are the foundation for a good life. You know, you see this celebrity culture, right? Of Oh, fame and this very high octane life of, um, you know, parties and this and that, that is not a good life. You know, they, you end up having a lot of lifestyle diseases that are caused by lifestyle. And so um, you, we have to redefine what success is. We have to redefine what a good life is and really follow that because a good life, a life well lived is so worth living it. It is so enjoyable. It, is, it, it brings so much joy to the self, right? So why not? And one of the, the things about another do is to have really maintain good wishes. And so no matter whether people meet your expectations or not, no matter um, whether they are cooperating with you or not, no matter whether they're being nice to you or not, that I have to give good wishes. And the reason why is think of yourself, think of your mind as this golden vessel inside you. And if you have good wishes, then it's a golden vessel. If, it, if you have negative feelings, you have depression, you have sorrow, all of those things, then what happens is that golden vessel is turning into an iron vessel and that the rust is bothering you. And so it is for your benefit. It's not for the other person's benefit that you have good wishes for everyone. It is for your own benefit you have good wishes for everyone. And one more do is every person is peace, right? Every person is love. 
that's who they are. That's who the innate nature of everyone is that deep inside every person, whatever is happening externally, deep inside that is who they are. And if I learn to focus on that, then my expectations slowly start going down. Because what happens is when I focus on that in the other person, then I'm focusing on that in myself. And so these genuine feelings of good wishes and peace and love, that is really important. And the last do, and the last do, this is the last do. And the last do is um, we shouldn't have expectations, but we shouldn't also give up hope on anyone. It's not like we reject people and say, oh, you know, whatever happens, you do your own thing, you know, whatever, right? It shouldn't be like that. It should really be this sense of let me, um, let me have pure hope for everyone that I shouldn't have expectations, but I should have hope, good hope for everyone. And so those are the do's. And now let's talk about the don'ts. Um, there is a saying in the uh, Brahma Kumaris, and that saying is, don't give sorrow, don't take sorrow. And so, and what I've noticed is, if you take sorrow, you will inevitably give sorrow. So even though you might feel, oh, I'm not giving sorrow, but what happens is if you have expectations, you take sorrow. And then if you take sorrow, not to that person maybe, but somewhere you will give sorrow. You'll be annoyed with someone on the bus or you'll somewhere that sorrow will come out. And so if you, if you want to stop the cycle of give and taking sorrow, then you have to stop expectations. That's the way, that's where you have to stop. Because if you stop expectations, then you don't take sorrow. And if you don't take sorrow, then you don't give sorrow. That's really the number one do. And the other one is, um, we keep creating these web, of expectations, right? And, and in any relationship, there's a whole web of expectations going on. And in this web of expectations, who's getting trapped in it? You. And so the don't is first don't create the web of expectations. And then even if you create the web of expectations, you have to be able to watch it as a detached observer. Let me watch this as a detached observer and not get trapped into it. Because what happens is when I get trapped into expectations, I become a caged bird. Who wants to be a caged bird? No one, right? But we don't know this. In very innocently, we think, oh, we are just having expectations. But then very soon it becomes a cage for us. And the other thing which is very important is in the United States, I've not noticed this, I'm not sure how much in England, but what I've noticed is there's a culture of entitlement among everyone, no? I mean, uh, 
whether it's people like me who weren't born here who came here and then you know um, become naturalized citizens or people who were born here it doesn't matter we have there is this culture of entitlement and i feel it's this culture of entitlement right this feeling that someone owes me something we have to really lose that attitude and the only way to lose that attitude is to watch yourself and see when you have that and you just watch yourself and see do i have this when i'm going in to meet someone am i going in thinking they owe me something and that is very important because if you are not self-reflective that way, we just create a web and get trapped in the web. And it's not the other person that is getting harmed by getting trapped in the web. We are being harmed by being trapped in the web. The Here, another don't, which is an important don't, is um, that we shouldn't suppress ourselves also. That, um, you know, in it's not like you're in a relationship and then you feel, oh, I can't do this, I can't do this. But there is no need to suppress the self also, right? And it's not good for us to suppress the self. And so we have to see the clear distinction between expectations, boundaries, and suppressing the self. We have to see them clearly and we have to choose wisely. And the way to clearly see and choose wisely is when the soul, when the, the when you are still, when the self is very still, when the mind is very still, that is when you will be able to see with clarity how you um, can how you are suppressing the self. So. Um, Another, so we have this culture of entitlement, right? And we have this, oh, they should do this, they should do this, they should do this. But remember, we can't go to the other extreme also. And the other extreme is that we do things, wrong things to please people. That's the other extreme. Is yes, I don't have expectations, but I am doing something so horrendous that it's really ruining my self-respect. My, I'm not having respect for myself for doing this, and um, you know, and ultimately harming the self, right? And so, um, so we cannot do wrong things to please the self, but to please others also. You know, we cannot do things that is not good for me, but I'm doing it so I can please other people, right? So we have to not only manage expectations, our expectations, but we have to also manage others' expectations of me. Because you have to have a boundary about others' expectations of you. And you have to make sure that whatever we are doing, right, they are aligned with our values. Because each of us have values, each of us have certain guiding principles we just need to find them and align ourselves with that another one don't and maybe this is the last don't i think this is the last don't is um that everyone should do things the way i think 
is correct. That there is this false idea that whatever I think is correct or whatever I think they need to do is correct. So people should do it because I think it's correct, right? Um, and what happens with this is there is a lot of comparison that happens. There is a lot of co correction that happens. And that is not a good space to be because you lose your happiness, you lose your freedom, you lose that inner state of well-being when you start doing this. And it all starts this with this very simple thought. I think this is correct. That simple thought really takes us down this rabbit hole where we end up not in a good spot. And so um, one of the things that I feel that we should really think about is what are my feelings for souls, right? What are my feelings for souls? What are my, um, what are my feelings for myself? And if my feelings for everyone and my feelings for the self are really gentle and understanding and genuine, then we can really start looking at things more clearly. Because if we don't look at things more clearly with clarity, right? Because clarity is everything in this situation. If I'm not clear, then what happens? I start to have a false understanding. There's a false belief. And this false belief really fuels all of this. My false beliefs fuel expectations. And um, one of the things that is very important here is again, to see the difference between boundaries and expectations. And if I, there is a false belief, right? That, um, I have this expectation of this one, they should behave a certain way, they should do certain things a certain way. And then I forget about their boundaries, right? I'm not respecting their boundaries. So yes, we have rights, we have all of those things, but am I, you know, veering towards, um, going in this direction of too many expectations? Am I going in this direction of um, people owe me something? Am I going in that direction, right? How do we know? And so that is why we have to be very, very, very quiet. And one of the reasons I feel people say they can't be quiet is because they're afraid to go inside. And so again, understanding really helps because if we understand, if we know that what is inside is really beautiful, right? It's like a diamond. 
you are like this diamond. But there must be a few little bit of mud covering the diamond, right? Not that great things. But you go inside and you just keep looking at the mud. You're afraid to approach the diamond. And so to really be quiet, to really be still, and to really understand that there is a diamond that I have to discover. And this diamond that has to be discovered, every time I have an expectation, I am going away from it. I'm going away from discovering this diamond. And I also feel that the reason why we do this is because we don't want to take responsibility. You know, I remember, um, I'm, we, I'm from this Indian community, right? I was born and raised in India, then I came here. And you see a lot of these Indian parents and they have so many expectations out of their children. And then all of their dreams are on their children. The child will, you know, all of everything, right? They do everything for the children. I'm not saying all of you are doing that. All I'm just saying is I see some of people doing that here. And, um, and so what happens is I I'm like, why are they doing this? Why is everything in their life revolving around their children? And I realized that maybe it's a form of laziness. It's a form of laziness because you don't want to have any, you know, aim and desires and goals for yourself. It's very easy to aim and desire and have goals for someone else, right? Because then you can focus. But to really focus inward and to go inside and to do all of these things, then that takes time. And so um, I feel we have expectations because it's a form of laziness. Because I'm not willing to do the work. I'm not willing to go inside. And I'm not willing to do the work that I can do for myself, right? So there is like another very deep secret that we need to understand is that whatever you need, whatever expectation you have of someone else, whatever you need, that can be obtained inside. You will receive that inside if you just go within, be quiet and be still. If you go inside, you will get that. If you have an expectation someone loves you, someone should love you, go inside, be quiet, you will discover love. Anything, right, you will discover. And so expectations, I feel, is just a misplaced, oh, I don't want to go inside and I don't want to do the work, so let me just think this person is going to give it to me. But just remember one thing, right? Any expectation doesn't come free. There's always, always a payment. You know, there's, there's a saying, right? There's no such thing as a free lunch. So there's no such thing as a free expectation. You have an expectation, there's something comes with it. There's a price you will pay for it. So 
you know, um, I was talking about Lao Tse and saying that um, for a mind that uh, for a mind that is still the whole universe surrenders. I feel there is a um, equivalent spiritual law or you know psychological law um, for anyone who surrenders their expectation right everyone will do what they everyone will please them right if you want people to behave the way you want them to behave then surrender your expectations out of them so and that is the you know the irony of the situation really is you think by controlling and by having expectations you will receive but you surrender your expectations and you will see how much you receive and i want to end with this you know there is a saying about the buddha right buddha said that desire is the root of all suffering so that was this enlightenment he got under the bodhgaya tree so one day he had this eureka moment and he said wow desire is the root of all suffering and some people say ego is the root of all suffering and i say expectations are the root of all suffering surrender expectations you will not have any suffering so if you lose your expectations you lose your fear okay thank you if you'd like to lead us to a meditation okay i want you to sit quietly with your spine straight and gently focus your eyes on any point in front of you keep your eyes open blink a few times and gently focus and in this moment i want you to see yourself See who you are. Ask yourself, what are my needs? What is my deep need? Is it love? Is it peace? And just talk to yourself gently. And tell yourself, love is within me, peace is within me, I love myself. And as you 
talk to yourself this way and as you see yourself, the mind gradually is becoming quiet. You didn't realize that your mind, all it needed was some attention. And so give it gentle, loving attention. And in this gentle, loving attention, the mind is becoming very quiet. absolute stillness. You feel such a sense of calm. There is no striving. And in this state, you begin to feel trust for yourself, respect for yourself. And you begin to see your own beauty. You understand that every time I get upset because of an expectation is not being met, And I give it up, I surrender it. And I know whatever I need will come to me. I don't need to go after anything. And with that powerful thought, take another deep breath. Just come back to here and now. Om Shanti, I am peace. Thank you. <clears throat> so questions have been coming in. And so let's begin with this first one. How do you find pure love when you live alone 
and have no uh, significant other relationship. Any tips would be appreciated. Interestingly enough, pure love is actually only can be found in the self. <laughs> Um, you know, whatever, however someone, however much someone loves you, right, they have their own issues going on, they have their own expectations going on. And so um, you have all of the tools just within you to find pure love. And so just be very, very quiet. And another very important thing in this stillness, right? We all have a memory deeply embedded within us, this memory of self-love. And all I have to do in that stillness, that memory of that self-love will rise up. And so just be very quiet and you will see that memory that is there. Thank you. So basically, you're saying let's first give us that, give ourselves that love before we start looking at looking for it in another. Yes, yes. Okay, thank you. The next question is, um, when there's jealousy that's aroused, and it becomes unbearable, what can we do to manage that? We have to change our understanding of things, right? Remember, I gave the example in the beginning, if I'm trying to lose weight and I keep eating unhealthy food is because I'm not understanding. I'm not understanding why is it that I need to lose weight? So if I understand why is it I need to lose weight, then I will do the requirement, necessary requirements to lose weight. It's the same way with jealousy or expectation. Jealousy is much uh, harder and deeper uh, to overcome, but you need to understand that whatever it is you think you're jealous of, right? And so maybe let's say you're jealous, they are doing something and you don't want them to do that. You have to understand that even if they do absolutely exactly the way, the way they want you to, the way you want them to behave, absolutely exactly the way you want them to behave, you will find something else. It might not be jealousy. It might be something else to make you unhappy. And so you have to understand all of the tools you need to have a good life are inside. It's not, Nice to have a partner, but not necessary. It's nice if people behave the way you want them to behave, but it's not necessary because the tools are inside. And when you start accessing these tools inside, then everything external will fall away. Thank you. Next question. Um, If two people have uh, personal opinions um, and they think that their opinion is correct, right. and then they do they do exactly what you suggested in your talk, which is to 
see the other person's opinion and take that into um, consideration, and they've both done that, then um, what is the right answer? Um, I don't know if I understood the question, but um, it's good, right? But they've both done it? If they've both done it, and they're both looking at each other's opinions and taking them into consideration, then um, what's the right answer? Because um, you now have somebody else's opinion and idea. You know, there is, it's interesting because I feel the right answer is not an opinion. The right answer is to come to a place of neutrality, not my opinion is right, their opinion is right, right? When you arrive at a place of neutrality around anything, that is the right place to be. And that's where the good life is, in a place of neutrality. So it's not my opinion is right, their opinion is right. My journey is to arrive in a place, a neutral place. My journey is to arrive in a place of non-duality. That's the journey. Okay. Um, next question. My partner is not sharing information about his life and his whereabouts. Um, I don't ask questions, but I am feeling humiliated. I can't help expecting an exchange of information on life and feel and feelings in a relationship. Um, am I correct in thinking I've left myself down and the boundaries of respect no longer exist? possible boundaries of respect might not be existing in the relationship there is a possibility of that happening um, but in any relationship there has to be respect that's the first key to a relationship um, and so the question you have to ask yourself is why are you in that relationship what is it that you have to face um, what insecurity is making you, if someone is, I'm, I'm not sure, right? In this, in this instance, I'm not sure what's going on. But the question you have to ask yourself is, what insecurity do I have that I keep taking this um, kind of behavior from this person? Because that is something we are here to learn. We are here to learn about our insecurities. And we are here to learn and overcome our insecurities. So the minute you overcome your insecurities of being in a relationship where there is no respect, then you will know what is the right thing to do. That's very interesting. Um, I'm going to take this as the final question, which is, um, you were saying in your talk 
that if you lose your expectations, you lose fear. Could you unpick that a little more? Could you explain that a little more? Um, I feel that the reason why we have fear is because we have a certain kind of uh, feeling that whatever I need, I will not get, right? Whatever I need in any relationship, I will not get. Whatever I need in life, I will not receive. And so there is fear, fear because there is also fear of endings and fear of losing and fear of not getting what I need. So all of these fears are going on. And so what happens is when you start losing your expectations, when you start slowly moving away from your expectations, then you like, it's like a shining a light on what is it that is causing my fear? then you start shining a light on this. You start shining a light on what ending am I fearing? What fear do I have of that I'm not going to get something, right? All of those fears that you keep shining a light. And if you've noticed cockroaches, I don't know if you have any there, but we have a lot in Florida. We have to constantly make sure we get rid of them. Um, with some kind of pesticide. But what I've noticed about cockroaches is as soon as you put the light on, they scramble. And so it's the same with fear. As soon as you start shining a light on it, it goes away. I love that image that fear is like cockroaches. You just need to put the light on and then they'll vanish. Um, but if you leave them, they'll just multiply. So yeah, what a lovely image to finish with. All right. I want to say thank you to everybody for sharing your questions. And so all that leaves is for me to say, Shireen, thank you so much. It was such a nice talk. It was very clear on what to do what not to do and why not to do it and why to do it it's really very inspiring um and yes let me shine a light on my fear and make sure that there's that time for me to build that relationship with myself and not to fear that relationship with the self so thank you so much thank you thank you i'm so honored you asked me so thank you thank you very much